You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to be saved Would you please join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord Jesus, we hear of the first of your signs and how you made your glory manifest to those who saw you from a purely earthly perspective. Bless us, O Lord, with eyes of faith in this time that in some small way we may appreciate you as you truly are. That our devotion may grow accordingly and that we may give glory to you who are beyond the need for it. This we ask in your precious name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. So my kids have heard me tell them constantly to pay attention to the words they use. They're 15 and 17 and we're trying to build their vocabulary. But I tell them, every, every word tells a story of its own. And if you pay attention to it, you can start to understand that word a lot better. And you'll know how to use it, even if you've never really seen it used in a sentence before. A great example of this is the word commissioned. Um, my kids, by now, I think I've drilled it into their heads that the prefix co, C-O, means with. So if you break the word into its component parts, commissioned, what you have is that we are, the person being commissioned is being sent on mission with someone else. This is why we commission officers in the United States military. They are on mission with their commander-in-chief from there on out. Now commissioning, commissioning is something that happens to all of us in the kingdom of God. When we are plunged into the waters of baptism, we go in alone with our sins. And among the other things that that visible Word of God does that indicates to us God's sovereign election of us for the forgiveness of sins, along with that comes, as St. Paul teaches us in today's reading, a connection with the whole body of Christ. We descend into the water alone And there we are united to Jesus Christ in His death. As Romans 6 tells us, that we may be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We go in under the thrall of sin, enslaved to sin. We rise up, children of God, 
We rise up, commissioned in a new way. We rise up to do battle with the sin that has, till now, till the coming of faith, held us in bondage. When we say we are in bondage to sin in, in our opening confession, it's not because Jesus lacks power. It's because we in our weakness return to the thing that used to hold us in slavery. But we have been commissioned now to battle against it forever and anon until the end of our days. We're like a knight who's been given a commission. We are joined with the whole host of heaven. And that word host, we think of angels because of Christmas time, but it includes the saints of God. We are part of the war God is waging against sin, death, and the devil. From the moment we are united to the body of Christ. Now, last week at our 3 o'clock service, the boys, and this week at the 9.30 service, the girls in our confirmation class are making the most basic affirmation of their baptism they can do. The most fundamental Christian creed is the one we hear from 1 Corinthians this morning. It is Jesus is Lord. And not Lord generically, but my Lord particularly. That's what they're standing up to affirm their baptism means. It's why we, each of us say the creed on Sunday mornings. It's to renew that commitment, that statement of faith. And St. Paul reassures us this morning that if we can say those words and mean them, Jesus is Lord, that is the sure evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can say Jesus is Lord. The saving activity of Christ is God's gracious gift to us and so is the faith that holds on to the promises of the Gospel. All is God's grace. The whole of our life of faith. And along with the work of Christ and along with the faith that holds on to the promises of God comes the call to service in the body of Christ. We are united with Christ in His body. And Paul does not use this as a mere poetic metaphor. Because we are truly united to Christ, we are truly His body. Not the same body He ascended with and sits with at the right hand of the Father, but truly His body. This is why, as I mentioned in last week's sermon, the early church referred to the incarnation as the recapitulation. That word, again, is a word with a history. It literally means to rehead something. The head of the human race, united to Jesus Christ, is no longer Adam or Eve in their sin and their brokenness. It's no longer even Abraham, the father of faith. The head of the body is Jesus Christ Himself. And just like your brain gives instructions to the rest of your body how to function, the same Spirit 
that connects us with the saving work of Jesus Christ through the faith that holds on to the promises of the gospel, gives us instructions for service in the body and then through the body out to the world for which Christ gave his life. We are called to service in Jesus Christ in and through his body. That service is our commission. It's how we are on mission with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dallas Willard, I think very helpfully, defined the kingdom of God in biblical terms. See, if we think of the kingdom of God merely as what's happening in heaven, we make a mistake. The kingdom of God is actually the effective reach of God's will. In heaven, that's perfect. Here, He works through His body until He comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead. We are part of what God's doing in the world when we, we, we cooperate with the Spirit and the Spirit works through us to make God's will reach further into this world. So what does our commission, our mission with Christ look like? For He is our head. He's our commander-in-chief. Well, first of all, it looks like repentance. I want you to understand, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry for what I did wrong or what I didn't do right. It's that, but it's a lot more. Repentance in biblical perspective is turning away from everything that does not lead you directly closer to God. It is turning away from the things that distract as much as the things that tempt and lead astray. It's to turn from all that is not of God towards God Himself. All that offers false life and false hope and false comfort to the one who offers real life and real hope and real comfort. If you strive for perfection in anything in this life, strive for perfection in repentance. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. And that's when everything will be added unto us. The next thing it means is evangelism. It means sharing the good news of what God has done for us. And as we begin to experience that more, because we're repenting more and more, it'll be more natural for us to share the story with others. In today's reading, Isaiah cannot be silent until all the nations know about the salvation that the Lord has given. And that's just for the saving of Israel. We have a much bigger story to offer. So we share, we share our identity in Christ and we share who our commander-in-chief is. And through that sharing, the Holy Spirit does the work that brings people to Christ. And finally, those first two things are for all of us. The last one, though, is much more personal. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's what I can do in this time. <laughs> The personal commission we are offered 
is what St. Paul's talking about in our passage from 1 Corinthians today. Your gifts, your spiritual gifts are a clue to your commission with Christ because, as Paul is making evident through that whole chapter, you are only given those gifts for service to the rest of the body and through the body to the world that Christ wishes to serve. Christ knelt down to wash the feet of His disciples. We are called to kneel down and wash the feet of all the world in the power of Christ's Spirit. And so we are gifted for these things. What do those gifts look like? Well, if we're going to be an instrument of the effective reach of God's will... It starts with that repentance piece, with turning ourselves over wholly to God again and again. That's why, as Luther says in the small catechism, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, when you say, let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you don't mean generically out there in the world. You mean beginning with me in my heart. St. Paul very eloquently says in Colossians that the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. Letting the peace of Christ be in your heart has everything to do with our connection to the body through the power of the Spirit. And as that is happening in our hearts, we begin to find our personal vocation, our personal co-mission. Sounds like like that going dead again. Can you hear me? Nope. I don't think it's the microphone. I think it's the amp. I'm up and down and up and down. Well, I'll try to talk... There it comes. I'll try to talk louder. My apologies. That piece of finding our personal mission in the world is so critical. And your gifts are a clue to it at whatever season of life you're in. Viktor Frankl, when he survived a Nazi concentration camp, As a professional psychologist, as thousands died around him, he kept asking himself, why are some people surviving and some people dying? And he found out that the clue had nothing to do with a person being stronger, had nothing to do with their constitution, had nothing to do with whether they were angry or sad. It had everything to do with whether they thought they had a purpose in being there. That's why he titled... His book, Man's Search for Meaning. Sociologists are telling us that young people are craving a mission, a purpose for their life, and it seems like a purposeless world. But that's not just young people, that's all of us. All of us desire to have a purpose, and through the gospel, knowing that the Lord has done all that is sufficient and needed, we have a purpose without all the burden of carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. The first purpose that all of us share in is to break the chains of idolatry by sharing the true gospel so that people might not be enslaved to ideologies that are going to leave them empty and hopeless in the end. And that, frankly, if they follow the dictums of them, will make them behave destructively and increase the evil in the world. 
Many are called to be good stewards of the earth. Adam and Eve were gardeners, folks. If you want to know why the green movement is so big, because that's so deeply rooted in the human heart. But to be able to care for the world as God's steward, as God's gardener, without the burden of thinking you have any power to save the world, that's a gift. Because the world only has one Savior and you know who He is. To work on things like racial reconciliation. But from the perspective of the only, the only ideology the world has ever seen, the only philosophy, the only faith, that in its very inception said in Christ there is not Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is not man nor woman. That's Galatians 3.28. I encourage you to read the whole passage when you go home. To give our lives in so many different types of loving service. Compassionate care for the sick and dying. Fixing a, a neighbor's broken faucet. Baking cookies for the neighborhood kids who get off the bus with no parent to greet them. offer comfort to the bereaved. All these acts and many more of Christian service are the reason why you have the gifts you have. So you can be part of God's effective reach. The reach of His will. That is your commission. To be the body of Christ until He comes again in glory. For this we were commissioned, and this is a blessing. When a knight, when someone is made a knight, after they've received their commission, the king or queen says, Rise, Sir so and so, of such and such. Have you heard the call of Christ? Have we, all of us, heard the call of Christ when he has said, Rise, Sir Linda. <laughs> Rise, Sir Michael. Rise, Sir Brett. Of the kingdom of God. We go into the waters, a child of the fall. We rise up from the waters, a child of God. Child of God with a precious and holy commission to be part of what God's doing in the world. This too is His gift. And for it we give thanks. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, in Your sovereign goodness, you have chosen and called us to faith. And in that call, you extend to us gifts for the service of all. Bless us, O Lord, to as quickly jump to the opportunity to use those gifts for the upbuilding of your kingdom as we are to claim 
your forgiveness of sins. Let us not only cling to you as Savior, but in our lives proclaim you our Lord through our witness and through our acts of service. Grant us the strength and power to do these things. For you are forever Jesus the Christ who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.